Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm talking about why winter may have you eating your feelings and the science behind those cold weather carbohydrate cravings and what you can do about them. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Daily Dollar podcast. My name's Kate Freeman, I'm a registered nutritionist and I eat my feelings during winter, so yeah, I do. This is, I'm going to, I was going to say this is confession time, but confessions are for when you do things wrong. And you know that I believe that eating is neither good nor bad, wrong nor right. It's morally neutral. But I just want you to know that I am a normal person and I do eat my feelings, particularly more in winter. I crave particularly comfy, tasty, carbohydrate rich foods. And yeah. I'm a registered nutritionist. I'm the founder of an online habit building program called the Healthy Eating Hub and a dietetics practice here in the lovely city of Canberra called the Healthy Eating Clinic. And I do, I do have these cravings and I don't feel bad about them. And I also give into them and I've managed to do all of that within the context of a healthy balanced diet that's right me. And so what I want to talk on today's episode is why we do eat our feelings during winter and why our carbohydrate cravings might be a little bit increased. But random fun fact about me is that I literally, just before this episode, I signed up to subscription car washing. I know random, right? But I, I bought my first brand new car around nine months ago. My first ever brand new, we had a bow on it and everything. It was great. It was such a great day. And I've been washed. I was all like, I'm going to wash this car. I'm going to look after it. It is never going to be dirty. Of course, I washed it like twice and then that's it. Twice in nine months, terrible. Anyway, it was so filthy. It's white. And so, of course, it's filthy with road grime. It smells like dog on the inside. Yeah. And so I just thought, you know what? I actually don't have time to wash my car. I have a lot of things that I'm trying to do in my life. So I'm going to outsource that. So I went to go and get my car wash the exterior interior and they just had this deal which was like join for $39 a month for unlimited exterior and interior washing and vacuuming. I was like, yes, here's my money. Um, so there you go. Feels like a very um, privileged first world thing to do but I am very, very aware of the fact that I am lucky enough to to be able to afford that. So yeah, I'll just sat there while someone else washed my car. It was kind of cool. So there you go. But back to eating feelings during winter. One time I was in such a bad mood in winter that I resorted to eating cooking chocolate. I know, not my finest hour, but I was, I think I might've been premenstrual. And I just remember sitting on the couch. My kids were really little and for those of you who are mums to little kids, now I'm talking, you know, under six years old, it's tough some days, particularly if you've got a few of them. And so I just was really craving chocolate. I just really wanted some really badly with my cup of tea while I watched TV. We didn't have any. 
And then I remembered some leftover cooking chocolate from some baking that I did months ago and I found it rummaging through the back of my pantry and I opened the container, just like shoved it into my mouth, really uncouthed and unladylike and started spitting it out because it was disgusting because cooking chocolate is, is not pleasant. And I thought, oh, so close yet so far. Anyway, I thought, how can I make this taste better? So genius idea because I am an ideas lady, right? I have ideas all the time. Most of them not very helpful, but occasionally I have a really good one. And so I melted it down with peanut butter, mixed through some desiccated coconut and then reset it. And they taste like peanut butter cup coconut ruffs. So yum. And now it's a thing that I make occasionally and they're really rich that you only need, you know, one or two like little pieces of it and it's really hits the spot. So there you go. But I know that emotional eating can be a bugger of a bad habit. And, you know, when I, I've done a deep dive on emotional eating, so make sure you go back in time, the podcast episodes and find that deep dive. There's five episodes in um, the show on emotional eating. And I look at some research around emotional eating. And one of the things that I can remember from looking at all of the science there is that 98% of weight loss programs on the market today don't address the psychological aspect of eating and the emotional side of eating. So there's a fun fact for you. And that 60 odd percent, I can't remember the exact number of people who are overweight, um, cite the fact that emotional eating is a big challenge for them. So essentially the the products on the market today aren't actually addressing some of the root cause because I don't know about you, right, but you can know all there is to know about nutrition but if you're feeling sad, crappy, stressed or in a bugger at style attitude, you don't care what you eat and, and you're wanting things like chocolate, biscuits, cakes, hot chips, crisps, crackers and blue cheese and dip right? And they're often carb rich, high fat or high sugar, low nutrient meals, which we eat and then feel really, really guilty for because we feel like we've done the wrong thing, particularly if we've been trying to lose weight and we've we've now broken our diet. And the problem is, is round and round and round we go, right? We suffer in this same old mental cycle, starting the diet, messing it up, throwing in the towel, eating whatever we want, starting the diet again the next Monday. And for those of you who are familiar and have experienced this, you'll know that it's not a merry-go-round that fills you with joy. It's not a fun one, but you ride it regularly. And so emotional eating often happens with comfort food. And I also talked about this in the deep dive that the science says that, you know, when we emotionally eat, we want, you know, high carbohydrate but also high fat, high sugar, high energy foods and, um, yeah, salty foods, etc. hot chips with aioli, right? That's my favourite food, hot chips and aioli. And these cravings can often grow as the weather gets cooler. So as I sat curled up on the couch the other night listening to the wind howl and I wanted something hot and really yummy, <sighs> warm weather is over like winter has officially blown in we're right in the thick of it I just was like mmm hot and yummy is what I want right and I and that the thing is you know over the years of working with clients one-on-one and also working with the members of the online program is that there's frequently voiced concerns about whether they can keep up their healthy eating habits over winter you know as 
the weather changes and their cravings change and things like that. And, you know, these cravings for refined carbohydrate or high sugar, high fat foods can wreak havoc with healthy eating patterns, particularly if you haven't established um, an eating pattern that's without rules. So, so that you've got to the point where you're like, actually, this is just food. I'm an adult and I can eat whatever I want. And then you start to make decisions. If food's still really black and white for you, you're still stuck in diet mentality, you still find it difficult to, you know, good and bad foods, you'll find that these cravings can really wreak havoc within your efforts to try and eat healthier. Now, the thing is, is that sugar-rich foods and fat-rich foods and refined carbohydrates, they're not inherently bad or evil, but it's not like we're craving brown rice or sweet potato, right? I mean, no one ever said I binged on four bean mix, you know, the other night. And it was it was not pretty that bin, you know, that bean binge, right? We tend to go for these highly ultra-processed, energy-dense, nutrient-poor foods because they're easy to overeat and they do make us feel good. So the thing is, is that this is not to excuse you for taking responsibility for what you put in your mouth. Do you know, I was actually saying to one of my staff members the other day because um, we were actually dealing with a client who came for a consultation um, and then refused to pay for it. I know. And so you can't really make someone pay. They can't force them. So um, they said they would pay later. Anyway, they had booked their second appointment, which they then didn't show up for. Now, if you don't show up for your appointment, you do get billed for it. Now, most people though, even though we bill for that appointment that you don't show up to, don't pay it. And so I lose thousands of dollars, thousands, tens of thousands every year from people who don't show up to their appointments. And or if you do happen to get a hold of them and you say, look, you have to cover the, the time, you know, for the dietitian that was there, um, they get really cross at you. And it's your fault, even though it wasn't your wasn't our fault, it was their fault. They forgot about their appointment. And I said to my staff member, you know, I can deal with pretty much most negative things in my life. Well, you know, there are a few things that challenge me actually. But I feel like I'm happy to just face challenging situations head on. If there's one thing that annoys me more than anything, it is people who don't take responsibility for their actions and choices. And sometimes you book an appointment and you agree to the cancellation policy and then you forget and then you have to take responsibility. Anyway... I digress, but that's a little bit of a business owner binge, um, binge, business owner rant there. But so what I'm about to say about the science is not to excuse you from taking responsibility from what you put in your mouth because you do have a choice and you're a grown adult and you can eat whatever you want. However, there may be a scientific reason as to why you crave carbohydrates in particular during winter. How interesting. So we do know that changes in the seasons are linked to changes in mood. In fact, depression and anxiety are actually more common during the winter months and these extreme mood changes are known as seasonal affective disorder or the acronym SAD. So, I mean, have you ever come across literally a, a better acronym? It's called SAD. It's just genius. It's like, it's like there being a dentist called Dr. Fang. So good. <laughs> um, anyway, right, so... It's believed that SAD, so seasonal affective disorder, may be caused by a number of factors and one of those being a lack of vitamin D. So vitamin D, fun fact here, is actually not a true vitamin in the sense that you have to eat it. All other vitamins are deemed essential vitamins and essential because we have to eat them 
um, and get them from our diet. Whereas vitamin C, I mean, you, I mean, D rather, you can get some from your diet, but the majority of it, the body actually makes itself, but it needs sunlight on the skin to do so. And so during winter, the sun is not as strong. We also stay indoors more. Um, and if you're an office worker and inside during the middle of the day when the sun is at its strongest, or you cover up most of your skin um, for cultural reasons, you're at a higher risk of vitamin D deficiency. Um, and deficiency is actually reasonably common in Canberra where I live because of the fact that it gets really cold here. Like I think it's currently, I don't know, like eight degrees or something. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. It's pretty cold at the moment. And so going outside isn't pleasant unless you're fully rugged up. And so getting sunshine during winter isn't that easy. And then you layer on being in an office most of the time and it can be, yeah, pretty challenging. And so you're, because of this um, decrease in vitamin D production and a risk increased risk of vitamin D deficiency, you're at a higher risk of depression during winter, which is interesting. With its direct cause unknown, most likely it's a very complex blend of psychology and physiology but depression is believed to be an imbalance of neurotransmitters and in particular depression is linked to low serotonin a type of neurotransmitter eating carbohydrate actually increases the release of serotonin in the brain and improves your mood and so further to this point lower serotonin levels are also linked to carbohydrate and sugar cravings so the conclusion of all this ramble is that your sugar cravings are all in your head both physically and psychologically. OMG. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you in the next one. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.